All right. Uh, hello, everyone, again. We are back for the European Highlander podcast. Uh, first things first, we'll go over the usual introduction. So my name is Yuso, aka Crispy Rice. I am a content producer. I'm your host, as always. Uh, all the usual stuff storm everywhere. Uh, with me, I have my trusty partner in crime, Thomas Steer. So Thomas, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Hello. Uh, my name is Thomas, as you already pointed out, and I'm also known as Marquis, uh, usually in the forums. And as I said last time, I'd like to play some more tricky combo decks in Highlander. And I'm also uh, a member of the Highlander Council. And uh, yeah, we too will guide you through some topics which we prepared for you. Yeah, and uh, it's fair to point out that also we have our lovely editor, Stephanie, in the background doing all the string pulling, I guess you could say. <laughs> the master of puppets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so first of all, we have the Highlander survey results. So Thomas, I'll let you kick us off here. Yeah, um, at the big tournament in Halle, which took place not too long ago, uh, Stephanie uh, took the time and um, prepared a survey, uh, a handout for the players to fill out. There were some questions, some items, and uh, people could give their opinion on several topics concerning the Highlander format. And I think there were some pretty interesting questions and results. So... Um, these are uh, the results are all uh, also um, put online on magicplayer.org, and uh, we can link again there uh, under under this link um, of our podcast, so you can find it conveniently. And yeah, let's just uh, talk maybe about the the first question. There is um, the question of how often do you play Highlander? And of the 90 players that played in the tournament in Halle, uh, 47 um, took part in the survey. And of those, about 30 answered that they would play once per week. This is by, by far the majority of the people who answered. And only about five uh, play less than this. And I think maybe about 15 or so, 13, uh, are playing more Highlander than this. You so tell me, how often do you play Highlander? Uh, I try to play like once per week. I'm not gonna count the countless amounts of gold fishing that I do by my that I do alone, but like once per week. But sometimes, if like my friends are available more often, we can do like two or three times even per week. It really just depends, you know, all the all the work stuff and other things in life. I would say. Yeah. I used to play more than once per week in the past. Right now, like uh, real life just doesn't allow for more than once per week. But sometimes uh, sometimes it gets more than that for me. Yeah, I, I'll I, definitely play more than once a week if I have a chance. I mean, I love this format. So Yeah. I think uh, what's interesting is that um, this is not like arena where people jam maybe uh, one session per day. So they're playing like uh, six or seven times a week. But it's more of a social event for most people. Um, this might be, I think, because of the, uh, the lack of online play opportunities, but also because people value the face-to-face -face contact, I think. Yeah, uh, I can confirm on my part that a lot of times, you know, we just go to like some good bar or something and play some Highlander. It's many times like that. 
Yeah. And also, I think the the Highlander player population tends to be kind of, uh, yeah, a little bit older, maybe about the middle of 20s, maybe 30 years old, something like this. And those people usually tend to not have as much time as uh, younger younger persons. Yeah, that that's definitely true. So, yeah, this was the first question. And um, connecting to this, there was the question of, um, how satisfied um, people are with the format and they could rate on a scale from 1 to 10. And we got an 8 on average. I think that's that's okay, that's fine. That's like a little better than um, yeah, than, than something where I would be worried. It's Although it's not like where I want to be, right? I want to be at a 10. Yeah, absolutely. Um, interesting, I thought, was that it doesn't really matter if you're playing several times weekly or only go to bigger tournaments. People seem to be overall um, quite the same uh, at the same uh, happiness level with the format. Yeah, uh, I can I can like personally confirm that I would put Highlander at around nine for me, maybe even ten. I'm I'm very happy with the the format currently. I have really like nothing that's causing too much problems, at least for me. Yeah. I think there are some there are some hot hot topics. Um, one of those was also questioned in the survey. Um, it was a question about the mulligan and how satisfied uh, people are with the mulligan. And here we had some mixed results. We had three people who voted only a one on a scale from one to ten, so they are very dissatisfied with the mulligan. But the overall majority voted positively, and um, more than ten people gave it a straight ten. So that I found very interesting. Yeah. It's kind of a little bit polarizing, I guess. Mm-hmm. But overall, the uh, the results tend to favor the current mulligan um, in a relative to I, I don't know a relative to the free mulligan, or at least uh, people are content or more than content with the mulligan. Yeah, I think. I don't know. It's it's hard to interpret these um, these surveys exactly because people um, did not always put their reasonings there, and um, it's something you have to discuss with them. But uh, it's hard to say if they would be more content with the free mulligan uh, than the, or um, more content with the free mulligan. Uh, compared to the London Mulligan, so maybe both would be fine. We yeah. have some we have some answers uh, where people say the new Mulligan leads to more non-games. Then we have like quite the opposite um, answers where people feel like there's uh, more chance to have real games with a hand which go down to five cards. So that is just not that easy to interpret in one way or the other. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, but I want to say just my personal opinion as a council member when reading these charts, uh, people could go like, okay, everything is in the upper, in the upper um, scale, so people are content, we have some 8s, we have some 7s, we have 10s, so everything is fine, and I don't think that is, that is where I stand. I think I want to make Highlander a perfect 10, because not only because I love the format, but also because it's not like people could not switch if they're... If they're like they're on an eight happiness level, and there's another format where they are on a nine or a ten, so they can easily just substitute the format, you know, yeah. um, because um, that's one reason we always have to 
be very mindful that our format is really the best it can be. Yeah, and one of the things is because I feel like that Highlander is really a community-driven format, like, you know, all the work that Stephanie does, for example, and the council, and it's really driven by the community. So we should, like, of course, work towards that 10. Right. Absolutely. And even those people who, um, for example, voted a one for the London Mulligan, uh, you have to kind of account for them too. These are players of our format and um, we want to make them happy too. So um, we can, of course, not always make everyone happy, but we have to consider this as like reasonable um, and important voices of our community. Yeah, definitely. So there were some other interesting topics um, in this survey. We had um, the question about which cards should be banned. And you could maybe guess which card was named the most, you saw? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have a good quest. Can I, can I guess it? Yeah, sure. Uh, would it be Talarian Academy? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of the 47 people who filled out the survey, 23 people say that Academy should be banned. Um, nine people say that it should at least be watchlisted. And all and uh, two people, let, let's say 15 people, are voting for ban or do nothing, uh, unban or do nothing. So overall, it's kind of like on the banning side. Um, it's interesting that it's the only card which has um, accumulated more more votes for ban than for unban or do nothing uh, added together. So this kind of sets it apart from the other cards on the list. And I think we have to um, be really mindful about this topic. It's a very, uh, I think, yeah, a hot topic in the in the format right now. Yeah, I mean, Academy is one of those cards, like, it, it just got so so many votes, like, compared to the other cards, cards with, um, which I'm looking at at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a dangerous card for sure. Like, I'm not sure exactly where I would stand with the card. I mean, I like it in the sense that it enables an entire deck, which you play, obviously. Yeah. But... I mean, it is e extremely broken, and it does it does things that are not fun to be on the receiving end. But um, my personal vote is that I would keep it around because it makes an entire deck possible. And in Highlander, I like that we have more diversity, like as many playable archetypes as possible. Mm. But I can, yeah, I mean, the coin has two sides, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, people said in the survey that um, it's hard to interact with, um, that the deck is becoming too strong, and um, other people again said that n the the academy is not really the problem. You could ban other stuff to just make the academy deck weaker, but keep academy alive. So there are several ways to tackle this um, issue. Maybe just do nothing. Um, it's just up in the air, I think. We have to discuss. We have to give this uh, topic to the community. We need to listen to feedback. We need to check our tournament results. Um, I'm really undecided on this matter. Yeah, it's it's really hard to say. Like, 
there are like votes for banning and keeping it around. I think honestly, we'll need to monitor it very closely. I think Academy is the card that we need to keep an eye out for the most. I think. Yeah. Um, in this regard, I found it um, rather interesting that people were commenting on the format overall and um, they were arguing or some people were arguing that uh, combo decks are fine uh, and uh, they belong to the format as long as, as they don't dominate and they said that they hate bannings. Then there were other peoples from another camp that said the academy deck needs to be nerfed and um, the format should not be about tutoring. It goes against the spirit of singleton magic. And that is also very interesting and a very hard topic for me because um, it's very hard to, to find the fine line where you have both camps of, um, of our community kind of like... Uh, uh, kind of like together, where you can make um, both feel happy with the format. That is always very, very tricky to do, I think. Yeah, I, I actually wanted to say something about this, because like I feel like at the moment we are like somewhere in the middle. Like, you know, we have some tutors, like, well, obviously Demonic Tutor. Uh, what's the one, man, I want Imperial Seal. Like, we have ways to get there, but we have kept the most powerful ones in check, like, you know, we don't have Vampiric Tutor or Mystical Tutor, those types of cards. Yeah. And the problem I see with, like, because this was discussed in our Finnish Highlander community, that, like, uh, if we take out all the tutors, demonic and everything, I think it actually makes the format less interesting because then, then like, well, I mean, combo decks will, I think, just cease to exist. Because combo needs its tutors to be consistent enough. Yes. And then, because then everybody would just play, you know, burn or like these three to four color mid-range, four color blood type builds. Because they don't necessarily need the tutors to be consistent enough. So mm -hmm. I kind of like where we are at the moment. Keep the tutors, but keep the most busted tutors away from the format. I kind of agree with that. And one thing uh, I personally noticed, or at least I, I think I noticed this, is um, the card pool is getting better and better. Like things like Oko are being uh, printed, and um, it's just one example. All the other cards are getting better, but there are usually no new good tutoring options. And I found that some years ago you could cast like Fabricate or Grim Tutor and feel you're casting a good tutoring card. I think these are cards that today you're not feeling good about. These are tutors, but they are just too bad. They just don't compare very well with what your opponent is doing on turn three. So this is something that goes against combo also, I think. Um, we have to keep some good tutoring alive for combo to be viable. We cannot just say, oh, there is enough good tutoring um, even if we ban Demonic, let's say, or if we ban Enlightened Tutor, because I think that's just not true. Combo also needs good tutoring, not only tutoring at all, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like you need your tools to make it viable, I think. Yeah, but you also, like, my, my point is you cannot use a garbage tutor in your in your combo deck. Um, you cannot use something like, um, I don't know, uh, Diabolic Tutor. That's yeah, just I, not I was just about to, to say that. It's yeah. just a bad... Uh. 
Yeah, so this is this is something we have to keep in mind too, that although some tutors are looking like they're very good, they just lose relative power to what other cards are being printed and can be cast on turn two. Like if my opponent is casting Renin 6 on turn two, um, and my tutoring is on turn three and sorcery speed, I am kind of on the losing end of the game already most of the time if my opponent has other cards which go for him, you know. So, yeah, that's just, just a point I wanted to make here at this, uh, uh, to this topic. <clears throat> yeah, that's a great point. So I think there's some um, there are some more interesting things about the survey, but we won't go into too more detail here. Uh, we have some other things to go through. Um, you can check it out. We will link to it in uh, the post. And um, yeah, uh, thanks uh, to Stephanie for making this survey. And we are looking forward to doing some things like that more in the future. Yeah. Uh, sounds great. So I'll continue from this point. Uh, we'll be taking our first steps into the new set, so Terrors Beyond Death, with which will be released on January 24th. And so we are going to revisit the world of Terrors. I'm just, I'm very excited for this. Uh, just a heads up, I loved the original Terrors. You know, they reprinted Dazis and. <laughs> the overall team and like the mechanics of the set, I yeah. I liked it, uh, generally speaking. Uh, obviously, we don't have the entire spoiler out yet, but I have picked a few cards which I would like to discuss about. And before that, uh, obviously, the, the set is like the original Terrace is going to be built around enchantments a bit. Like there is the constellation mechanic, so whenever an enchantment comes into play, I think, you draw a card. So that's a, a really good mechanic, but it does require you to be playing a lot of enchantments to make uh, make it worth it. But I'm I'm curious, like if they really are, if they are gonna print some really really good enchantments, uh, like could we see some form of enchantress in Highlander? What do you think about that, Thomas? Um, in the past, I, I tried to build some Enchantress decks, and they were like in the middle of the pack, not not totally unplayable, but not broken or something like that. I think there are several ways you can build Enchantress. You can build a green-centric version, which has um, tutors for a Gothian Enchantress and Enchantress Presence, and kind of like uh, pile on the card advantage um, provided by these key cards. Uh, you can also go a little bit in another direction where you're playing more of a creatureless enchantment uh, deck that uh, profits from many of your opponent's kill spells are being dead and you're like locking down the board with mode and ghostly prison-like effects and other taxing effects, um, back to basics maybe, something like that and recur those uh, powerful global enchantments with replenish and uh, i think these are the two the two um, obvious lines uh, in which you can build enchantress usually those decks were a little bit short on high power playables so maybe this new set can add the needed stuff that we will see the enchantment the enchantress archetype more in the future yeah because it's like Enchantress has been an archetype like in, in Legacy or something like a long time ago. So it's not like the archetype is not existent. We, we know it exists, but in Highlander, 
yeah, it just kind of feels like that there is something going for it, but it just it just needs that something, you know, to like yeah. push it to make it really, really competitive. Maybe we'll we'll wait and see what happens. And um, so uh, the cards that I'm especially excited about, well. Let's bring out the best of the best first. Uh, the new Ashiok, uh, Nightmare Muse, I believe is the name. The yeah. five mana blue black one. Um, I'm gonna just spoil it right away. I love that card. Um, it looks extremely good. Like obviously in standard, but in, in Highlander too. Like sure, five mana is quite a lot, but he just kind of does a lot. Like, I mean, if you're ahead on board, he just makes an attacker every turn. He protects himself by making a blocker or did I I believe he bounced a creature with his you, minus ability. You can bounce target non-land permanent even. And wow. the opponent the opponent has to exile a card from their hand. Uh, it's like uh, this this blue black instant uh, recoil, I think is is the name. A little yeah, bit recoil. Rem reminiscent of this ability. Um, yeah, I mean, at first I thought the tokens would be flying tokens, um, which they're not, unfortunately, or yeah. maybe maybe for the better, I don't know. I think it's a very playable Planeswalker, but I'm not too excited. I mean, it costs five, it's sorcery speed. We have other stuff at this cost, like um, the Scarab God, and everybody was super hyped about the Scarab God, even in Highlander, and now nobody plays it. So I think this could fit in, in more or less the same niche. Uh, yeah, uh, I think may maybe it doesn't go into like these three-color decks, like Grixis or something, because they have so many good cards that they want to play, but maybe in like straight blue-black, maybe. I don't. I don't exactly know because hey, I'm I'm not a control player. Let's just face it. <laughs> but um, I mean, his abilities just look good. Like he he makes an attacker, or it can block. He hits opponent's hand, which is great. Bounces any non-land permanent. Like there are some things going for the card. I I kind of want to at least give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, um, as a disclaimer, I'm usually very bad in uh, evaluating planeswalkers, so maybe just the opposite of what I'm saying is, is the truth. But what is good about him is um, he, he makes two, three uh, creatures, which are re very beefy, I think, even um, especially for the colors blue and black. So that is, I think, a thing that's going for him. And... The fact that he can bounce non-land permanence is also uh, pretty good for a blue-black deck, which has problems uh, in in uh, coping with enchantments, uh, for example. So yeah. that is one way to get rid of a problem permanent. I mean, it has its uses for sure. Yeah. Um, then the other card... I don't think this is as good as Ashiok, but maybe it has a niche. Uh, the new Elspeth, uh, Sun's Nemesis, I believe is her name. Uh, the the four CMC one, which has escape, and I will cover the escape mechanic uh, soon. But yeah, I mean, I think Elspeth has some things going for her, like in in a token style deck. Like, she pumps creatures, makes creatures, kind of what Elspeth has always done, right? Right, but I have to say I'm not impressed again. I'm 
I don't know, maybe I'm totally misevaluating this, but every ability goes minus, so you have minus one up to two target creatures, get plus two plus one until end of turn. Uh, you have minus two to create two one one white human soldiers. Um, I think these are the two most relevant abilities. Then you have minus three, where you just gain five life, which is kind of dull. Um, this has yeah, the, li li the life gain is part. Life gain part is kind of like eh, but yeah. I mean, there there are situations where it's good, um, but it it comes with with five loyalty. Then you go like minus two and have two one ones, and it's only three loyalty, so it's already boltable, even if it lives. Um, you can then pump your team. Which is okay, I guess. I mean, I could see it in White Weenie, where you just um, either pump directly for kind of like a Crusade overrun style effect, uh, and it just sticks around, and your opponent usually doesn't have the luxury of attacking your Planeswalkers because you can attack them back for more. Um, but then again, in White Weenie, you cannot use Escape very well because it's so expensive. Um, yeah, that's true. I don't know, maybe... Uh, um, there might be a deck where it's like perfectly suited, but I just don't see it yet. Yeah, like like I said, I think Elspeth is a like a niche card. Like it really needs a, a certain very very specific deck if mm -hmm. if she is gonna be good. But maybe. And uh, regarding escape, that's uh, one of the new mechanics from Terrors Beyond Death. So what uh, escape basically means is that you pay. A certain amount of mana, and then you exile number of card, uh, number of other cards from your graveyard, and you can cast that, cast that card from your graveyard for its escape cost. So it it's kind of like flashback, sort of. Yeah, yeah, reusable flashback, which is generally very potent. Yeah, and if I checked it correctly, uh, if you play like an instant or sorcery with escape, if it gets countered, it just goes back into your graveyard. Okay, that's a nice little bonus. Yeah, so like you can keep using it again and again, assuming you have cards in your graveyard to you fuel the escape part. But yeah, I think it's a cool card, like kind of, or mechanic, kind of reminds me of flashback and those sorts of things, so. Right. One thing though, if all the escape costs are very high, then I don't think it's a very good ability in Highlander because our format kind of is either you're low to the ground, um, efficient and cheap, or you're like instant speed. Like casting big um, sorcery spell type effects is usually not what you want to be doing, at least not as much. So that's something to keep an eye out for if those cards are efficiently costed as well. Yeah, I, I mean, so far with the spoilers, the escape mechanic seems it seems like it's fairly expensive. So. Unless they spoil something very specific, I don't think there's, I don't think there's much use for it. But who knows? We'll, who knows? we'll see as as time passes on. Yeah. Um. So did did I have anything else? I mean, I guess we could like shortly brief the the first mythic god that got got spoiled, the Atheros Shroudveiled, I believe is his name, the the black white. Oh, the black white god, right? Okay. Yeah, because he's the first god that's been spoiled. I mean, he's a mythic god, and I'm just gonna like quickly go over him. There is not that much crazy going with him because if you've played during the original Terrors, he has the same 
devotion thing. He's indestructible. And I mean, I, he's a cool card in the sense that like he puts those coin counters on creatures and like even if they get removed, they come back. So he's maybe like a sort of like a card advantage machine in a sense. And it also protects from exile. But I don't know. He's just a mythic god. I had to pick him up. Yeah, it's... I don't want to be like showstopper here, but I think he's complete garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I, <All right>. I <laughs> so I think he's just very overcosted, and all the effects don't really matter that much. Very slow, maybe yeah. in an enchantment style uh, deck because he has the enchantment subtype. You can tutor him with Academy Rector. Maybe there's something there. Yeah, like. The, the gods are usually pretty heavily costed. I think we can expect that from all of them as they get spoiled, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. So yeah, I had really nothing else to say about Teros so oh, I have, far. I have some I have some cards which I think are interesting. Well, fire away. <laughs> okay. So I think um, at least a playable card is Daxus. Blessed by the Sun, which is double white for a two star. So the toughness is is a variable, and the toughness is equal to your devotion to white. So it's basically always a two two, and maybe more if you have more devotion to white. And uh, whenever a creature you control, whenever another creature you control enters the battlefield or dies, so enters or dies, it's important here. You gain one life. And also, I think this is the most exciting thing about this card, is that he is a legendary enchantment creature. So he just checks very many boxes, I think. And I think because of this, he might see some play in our format. Uh, maybe even in this potentially new enchantress archetype. I don't know. It's an enchantment yeah. creature. And it's, it's costed rather efficiently, I think. Yeah, and also just like gaining gaining life. It's uh, actually you gain life whenever another creature you control enters the battlefield or dies. Right. So I mean, against aggro, he's an amazing card. I think like right, his toughness right. can easily go like over three, so you can't like bolt it and be done with him. And he just sits there and gains gains you life. So yeah, I think there is some potential in I don't know like an enchantress style deck. I don't know if like like a token deck or white weenie can play this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe token deck. For white weenie, yeah. I think he's too defensive, but uh, token deck maybe, yeah. Yeah. And there, yeah, there was another card which I think I don't know actually if it's good, but I found it interesting. And then it's this this saga, this acro the Acroan War. Oh yeah, the sagas are back in this set too. Right, right. And I think uh, sagas are very cool permanent types. And this one is three and a red. And uh, stage one is gain control of target creature for as long as the Akroan War remains on the battlefield. Stage two, so this is basically control magic, we could yeah. say, for at least some time. Um, stage two, you have until your next turn, creatures your opponents control attack each combat if able. So this basically is, is a Siren of the Muse type effect, like uh, everything has to attack you. And stage three, we have each tapped creature deals damage to itself equal to its power. And wow, that's actually nice. There, there are super many things going on here, and I think in a, in a rather normal game state, let's say you have this in a, in a Cruel deck or something, where your opponent might maybe try to stabilize with some blockers, you just snap that blocker away rush in, then, then it's his turn, he has to attack you, will 
possibly lose some creatures because he has to make un unfortunate attacks. And um, even if he doesn't, um, in stage stage three, you can just uh, kill every creature your opponent has tapped, which would be his board from the last turn, uh, minus the freshly cast new creatures he might have. So just maybe half of his board or something like that. I think there's just many, many things going on here. Yeah, it, it it is for mana, but I like like you said in like a gruel deck, I can see potential here. Yeah, it it seemed I I totally overlooked on this card. Like wow, now that I like read it, I'm like yeah yeah. Th I this think, can do things. Yeah, this can do many things. I think, but it's it's a card you just have to play. Um, it's hard to say how it plays out really in the end. Um, here you you just need to play test it. I think, and um, one thing going against it is. It costs four mana and is sorcery speed, so it's had usually it has um, high uh, competition in the four mana sorcery speed slot. But I think it does some powerful stuff. Yeah, give it give it a try. See see what happens. I think. Yeah. yeah. All right. So are we done with uh, Terrace from your yeah. part? Maybe yeah. we could we could lose a word about the the basic lands. Oh yeah. The, the well. Four, uh, yeah. I'm just I'm just gonna ask you, just say it out loud. What do you think about them? I think um, for if you take these cards alone by themselves, they kind of look pretty, but they look kind of awkward besides other magic cards. I don't know; they just don't really fit. They look like um, look like uh, promo cards inserted in a booster or something like that. Just yeah, doesn't I look like a card you could play. Yeah, that it, it's definitely a new take. I mean, uh, I haven't seen what they look like in foil yet, so I, I need to check them out. If they look really, really good in foil, I might pick some up. But generally speaking, if I would have to say now, it's more of uh, meh than yay for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. Just a new thing they're trying. All right. Um... I believe that does it for our look at Terrace. So do keep in mind, uh, not all the spoilers are out yet, so we don't know all the cards. So if there will be any new cards, hopefully spoiled, that will be good and like really, really like powerful. I hope that. I hope it happens, but we'll wait. We'll wait and see. So um, next up, we would have the council news, and Thomas, I'll let you take it from here yeah um as you know we will have um watch list changings on january 1st 2020 and we are currently discussing um the watch list in the council um there are several cards which might get um yeah which which are uh, might um, be banned in the future we have currently Academy, Demonic Tutor, Tainted Pact, Entomb, Treasure Cruise, Dig Through Time, and Mana Drain for discussion. And there are also some cards that we are discussing for Unban. Uh, this is Trune Nemesis, um, Skull Clamp, Umezawa's Jitte, and uh, Survival of the Fittest. And we will see if we um, make changes to these watch lists. So, personally, I don't see Tainted Pact being a real problem right now. Could see this going off the ban watch list. Um, I hope so. Yeah, I th I don't. I just don't think the card is is too broken. 
Um, people often argue it's like an instant speed demonic tutor, but in reality, um, you cannot use this in any deck. So it's basically not a good tutor for combo decks because you need your key pieces. It shines in mid-range strategies, something like four color blood. And even there, sometimes you have to look for very specific answers like Wasteland or Source Explosures, and you mill like 70% of your deck and um, kind of go low in win conditions. And I don't know, it, it has a drawback. I mean, it's really good, and you should maybe almost always play it in four color blood style decks, but I don't see it like ban worthy, actually. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm just going to quickly talk about Tainted Pact. Like, I've cast Tainted Pact so many times, and I can't count the number of times that freaking thing reveals the tendrils of agony and i just have to stop like <laughs> yeah, it happens yeah. every single time trust me <laughs> yeah i can see that i mean it's a good card but oftentimes you just have to settle for another good card which makes it kind of like an impulse a little bit better than an impulse style effect so um yeah um i think it's just not bandworthy but it's my opinion yeah, um, you'll, you'll discuss about it, so... Yeah, so in general, I think... Um, yeah, I have an, I had an interesting uh, conversation lately um, about True Name Nemesis. Now that okay. um, Oko, right, has come into the format and people, uh, he's like banned in, I don't know, basically every other format in Magic's existence. I mean, yeah, yeah. Not, not really, but it feels like this way. And it's already a very good card in Highlander. And some people argue for a ban of Oko even. And I had this discussion. And um, what do you think about just uh, unbanning True Name Nemesis again to keep Oko in check? Is this something totally, uh, totally unreasonable? Or is this something you could think about? Uh, I would not personally like unban it right away. Like when we like banned it not that long time ago, like, why would we unban it right now? I mean, Oko is a good card, and True Name would fight that pretty well, but I, I generally don't like the idea, like, if we ban a card and then we unban it right away, like, what was the point, really? Yes, I'm sir. not sure if I'm alone on this, uh, alone this in, in this opinion, but I would not unban it, at least for now, but... I mean, I'm I'm not a part of the council. That's just uh, the way I would see it. Yeah, sure. No, I mean, I'm just juggling ideas. This is like just a conversation I had lately. I think uh, I thought it would be interesting um, to think about a scenario like this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, Skull Clamp, Jitter, Survival of the Fittest all seem rather dangerous, but no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> What does mean no? They're not dangerous or they should not be in the format? They, I I don't want to see any of those cards in the format. Like I they are just so powerful in, in all honesty. Okay. <laughs> and like I mean I can like um I assume we still have some time left so we can like talk about these a bit. Yeah, sure. I mean like yeah. Yeah. Um I did play some some commander lately, uh some French uh EDH, yeah, and there you can play, you can play all of these cards. Actually, they're all okay. all allowed. I think I'm not sure about Skull Clamp actually, but I got to play with Jitter and with uh, Survival of the Fittest. Yeah, and um, 
I mean, it's an, it's a different format. It's like even more tempo oriented than Highlander because you you always have your very um, cheap costed commanders at the ready, so everything is very stacked and compressed within the first few turns. And um, survival of the fittest was very was too slow. Often you just could not use it because um, putting a green mana into it just um, was not a good option. So. Again, it's not the same format, but it felt not as strong, not 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 even close as strong as I remember it from back in the days uh, where I played it in Highlander uh, together with Squee, Goblin, Nabob, and uh, Library of Alexandria. But all, were, all these good cards. <laughs> those were different times. Yeah. So um, there, I was surprised. I, I would have thought it's it's stronger, um, but we have to test this more for Highlander, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I got some really like visceral responses when uh, when Survival of the Fittest was discussed in in the Finnish community. Everybody or like well not everybody but a lot of people were like absolutely no. And it's I mean I I know what the card can do and it can do absolutely disgusting things. And I mean uh, one of the things that kind of troubles me with Survival is that it's so hard to like grind down. You know, if um, if you're like trying to play a fair magic with an active survival of the fittest, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be a winning battle. And then one of the good points that came from the from our community was that like, okay, even if you let's say you you find a way to remove it, I don't know, a prop decay or disenchant or whatever, and but then they'll just uh, they'll just use survival and get uh, eternal witness, which will which will bring back the survival. So it's like pretty hard card to grind down once it's active. Yeah, that's 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 true. I mean, this was true um, in the past also. Um, basically, once you had survival, you you would win the game eventually because it could not be beaten in a long game. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I had had to had got to play with Jitter, and I think this card is busted still. I mean, it just dominates the board so heavily. Um, there was just no way of losing anymore against creature-based strategies uh, with the games uh, within the games I had. Yeah, and uh, especially because it's it's not so much in Commander I found, but because in Commander like at least the playgroup that I used to play in didn't play as many creatures, so Jitte was not as bad, but in Highlander where there are like more creature-based decks, like, like you just, you just, uh, active Jitte is just so tough. Like if you're playing a creature deck and they have an active Jitte, like what is, what is your game plan? Mm. <laughs> and I think, um, Jitter is, is not that good against combo decks and it's not that good against control decks. It's just good against mid-range decks, but I don't see... I don't know how to put it. Um, it's a, a little bit like the, the, the argument for banning Tuning Nemesis, which we had last podcast, is what do we gain by unbanning Jitter? There's nothing exciting and new uh, which we bring to the format, I think. Yeah, exactly. Like, sure, it doesn't really do anything against combo or control other than, like, up your clock, but... Against the creature decks, it's just so oppressive. I would not want to see see Jitte. And uh, do remind me, uh, I don't remember exactly. Is uh, Stoneforge Mystic legal in Highlander? Yeah, it is. It is. It is legal again. Yeah, and that's another reason why I would not want to see Jitte because then Stoneforge can just get get it. So yeah, 
We would see it very often, and it would have a very warping uh, effect, I think, on, on many games. Yeah, absolutely. So last up, we had Skull Clamp. Yeah, I think this would be would be a little bit more interesting than Jitter because it enables kind of like combo-esque strategies, some maybe recurring nightmare-style decks, sacrificing, drawing cards, discarding cards. That would be a cool thing. On the other hand, it would just go into basically any creature deck because it is good against control, against destroy-type effects. It's good in creature-to-creature combat. Um, so we we would see it very often. We have many ways to tutor for it. There's Trinket Mage, there's Stoneforge Mystic, and it might make several matchups rather you know, random because the one mid-range deck that finds its Skull Clamp first, or the one, I don't know, White Weenie with Skull Clamp in a mirror will usually win. But this is something which needs to be tested more, I think. I, I cannot see it from scratch what will happen if we unban Skull Clamp. Uh, I, I would not want to see Skull Clamp just because I've played with that card in the past, I've played against it, and it's just... It's just so stupid, and one this was actually came from our Finnish community again. Like, uh, like if you're trying to play control, that you know tries to go like one on one trade resources. If there's an active skull clamp, you're just gonna get destroyed. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, we we can talk about it, but I I would not personally want to see skull clamp. I hope it stays away, but we'll see. Uh, I'll. Yeah. You you guys know better. Uh, no, we we don't. Well, maybe we do. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. We will. We need to to listen to what you say. Uh, and I mean, uh, you you people, your community out there, um, just um, give us your opinion, and we will make uh, our best to to um, to make the right decision. You know. Yeah. Sounds great. Uh, so you can keep going. Um. Yeah, I think that's it for the watch list. Um, yeah. We have some other interesting thing that's going on right now. Uh, Gary or Vastru uh, is his nickname. He is currently um, organizing an online league um, played on the software Cockatrice. Um, we will link to... Um, the discussion about this event, which takes place in the European Highlander group in Facebook. And you can check it out. I think that's that would be a cool way to revive some online Highlander. And then there is an upcoming event in 11th of January in 2020, the Mind Game Mages Tournament in Berlin in Der Andere Spieleladen. And there will be great prizes, there will be coverage made for it. And I think there will be a huge player turnout again. And I think this will be an awesome event, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this sounds awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, with who with the podcast this time, right? Or is there anything else? Uh, yeah, I think we are done for this time. So do you have anything else to cover here? Um, I just want to wish everybody of you Merry Christmas, I guess. Yeah, and also from behalf of me, Thomas, Stephanie, really everyone, uh, Merry Christmas, have a Happy New Year, stay safe, eat well, uh, be with your loved ones, stay safe and 
I don't know, maybe play some magic too. So that's couldn't, it for this time. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. Uh, so until next time, I'm not entirely sure where when we will go uh, next time. Maybe in January, February, maybe. Yeah. And we'll be back with more Highlander news. So until then, enjoy magic and happy Highlander. See ya.